probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome to the final episode of the Thing Minute Podcast, where for the last time, we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. As always, I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com. For this last episode to round out the final week, since there were only four minutes left, I thought it might be fun to do something a little different. I know that the ending of The Thing is one of those key things that makes it the cult classic that it is, and not only is it an infamously awesome ending, but it's also one that sparked decades of debate, fan theories, and analysis. With that, I thought it was only fair if I gave all the guests of the show who didn't get to talk about the ending a chance to give their two cents. So I gave everyone who'd been on the show prior to that final scene the opportunity to send in a quick recording with their thoughts. So I asked them things like, uh, you know, what do they think of the ending? What do they think about the fan theories? Who do they think is the thing? Does it matter? You know, all that kind of stuff. So just as a quick refresher, um, some of the theories that I asked them about and ones we've brought up on the show once or twice, uh, there's the breath theory that uh, McCready has steamy breath and Childs does not, which means that he is a thing potentially. Uh, there's the earring theory that uh, since the prequel establishes that the thing cannot replicate inorganic material like metal fillings, the fact that Childs still has his earring means he's not a thing. Uh, there's the Molotov cocktail theory that uh, says that the drink that McCready offers Childs at the very end is not alcohol, but is instead gasoline or kerosene or something like that from the Molotov cocktails that they were using earlier in the movie. And the fact that Childs doesn't seem to notice the difference makes McCready laugh and clues him in that Childs is the thing. And lastly, there's the jacket theory. So back in minute 88, we saw a few jackets hanging on the wall next to Childs when he's guarding the door. And then when we return to this area in that kind of creepy uh, long shot there in minute 90, um, we see that Childs has gone and left the door open. And not only are the jackets rearranged, but the dark blue one that was really similar to the one he was wearing is missing. So the idea is that Blair violently assimilated Childs and in doing so ripped up his clothing or at least his jacket. And so at that point, the Childs thing then had to take the identical jacket from the wall and make it look like he hadn't changed clothes. Um, so those are the ones that, that uh, some of these folks mention and ones that I kind of asked them to think about when they uh, submitted these recordings. So um, before we get into the recordings from everybody that sent them in, I wanted to say a huge thank you to all of the guests that have been on the show. So uh, that is Zachary T. Owen, author of Doomsayer, Michelle Ashey, Todd Cameron from Outpost31.com, James Stacy, Jenny Law and Liam Grove, Martha Moore, Spencer Perry from ComingSoon.net, Alan Sanders from AJS Productions and WBHF, Ryan Haupt from the Science Sort of Podcast, Kyle Pinion from Geek Rex, Heidi Bennett from Spinal Tap Minute and Cabin Minute Cast, Alex Morrison from Geek Rex, Marky Barra from DC Cinematic Minute and Tarantino Minute, Josh Horowitz and Brett Stillo from Five Minutes of Trouble and Five Minutes of Bonsai, Travis Bowe from Real Comic Heroes and Watchmen Minute, Blake Myers from the Buried Alive Film Festival, Rob Kelly from the Film and Water Podcast and Superman Minute, Mike Cummins from Tarantino Minute and Stellar Dynamics, Crystal Beth from The Fifth Element and Unlimited Lives Radio, Katie Mello from House Special, 
and Atlanta Radio Theater Company, including David Benedict, Joe Ravenson, Trevor Garner, Bob Brown, William Allen Rich, Zachary Valdo, and Chris Jones. Over the last six months, I've recorded over 48 hours of podcasts and have over 13,000 downloads as of this date, and I couldn't have done any of that without all of you. So a huge thank you from the bottom of my cold Antarctic heart. Listeners, please support all their podcasts and other endeavors and check out those links out on this episode as well as the episodes that they appeared on. Uh, lastly, a special thanks to Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson for starting all this up with the Star Wars Minute podcast and for all those on the Movies by Minutes Facebook group. I never expected this to be such a supportive, incredible community and the encouragement and advice I've gotten throughout the process from that group and from, from all the, the huge community of Movies by Minute podcasters has really blown me away and made the process so much more fun and easier than I expected it to be. So once again, I've said it a lot on the show, but uh, if you're thinking about doing one of your own Movies by Minute podcasts, I highly recommend it. There's a, a great support group behind you that can uh, kind of get you started and, and help you out when you run into roadblocks. Um, without further ado, let's get into the guests. Let's do it. So first up, we have Michelle from minutes 6 through 10 and 106 through 109 to give us her thoughts. This is Michelle from minutes 6 through 10 and 106 through 109. After viewing this movie several times and analyzing minute by minute, my original take on the ending has changed a bit. I originally thought that neither Childs nor McCready were infected, but now I'm pretty sure... I don't think McCready is infected, but... That would be a great twist if he was, and we were all wrong after viewing this multiple times. But I do think now that I'm super suspicious of Childs and think that he might actually be infected. Out of all the theories, I don't think the cold breath theory or the gleam in the eye really matters in the ending. I think that it has a lot to do with the lighting and the angle of the camera. Also, the Molotov cocktail theory, I think it could have some weight, but you can't really see exactly what McCready is doing in these end scenes. Um, you don't really know where he's getting the bottles or at the end when he offers it to Childs. You don't know if that was like a secret stash wherever, what room he ends up in. And as a side note, I don't think the rules established in the prequel really counts for this movie because it sucks. So as far as the inorganic matter, um, not being able to be reproduced from the thing. I don't think that counts. However, what I think makes the most sense is the jacket theory in which the scene where the jackets have changed around and the camera is sort of following up the basement steps and it looks like it's all taken from Wilfred Brimley's character's point of view. Also, the whole demeanor of Childs by the end of the movie has changed from what we saw throughout the rest of it. Instead of being like hot-tempered and ready to kill anybody who he thought might be infected, he's way more calmer, he's cool, he's collected. And it doesn't even seem like he's suspicious of McCready. He doesn't really question him at the end, or he, do he doesn't really seem to care at this point. I also really like the ending. I think it's great to leave it up in the air because viewers can rewatch it over and over. They can look for clues or notice different things each time. And if the ending was wrapped up in a nice giant bow, then I don't think it would be that enjoyable. I think it would be spoiled after the first time you watch it. And then what's the point of rewatching it if you know everybody who gets infected at the end? I know most of the audiences, they don't generally like that. I've witnessed firsthand from working in a movie theater, like when Inception was playing, how angry audiences can get. But I think here it works. And I think it's great. And John Carpenter is a genius. I don't know how this one ends. Next is James from minutes 16 through 20. The thing ending. Ah, 
Man, I think this, for personally, this ending is um, important to me or memorable to me because it's kind of that first movie that I saw that had the ambiguous ending. We don't really know any answers more than we came into it. And um, while it's not really, it's kind of a downer ending, but like I said, it's ambiguous. It's open. You can interpret it almost any way you decide. Um, so that being said, having read a few theories and some extra, uh, thing merchandise, I think. Uh, so there's the, there's a video game and then there's also the comic books. But, uh, personally, there's two theories that I subscribe to. Uh, the first one being that they are both human and neither is the thing and they're kind of left to die. Because of that, they're so paranoid of each other that they can't do anything but just lay there in the cold and freeze to death. And to me, that's the, it's the bleakest ending, the most downer ending, but it also says a lot about paranoia and trust and how if you can't trust your fellow man, then you're left at this impossible standstill that no one wins at. And... So to me, that's a strong ending, and I like the thought of that. I don't think either of them have to be an alien uh, for it to be an ending like that. I think nowadays there would be like an after-credits stinger or something that would reveal that one of them was the alien the whole time, and they'd set up for a sequel and that kind of bullcrap. So I like that they don't do that for this. The fact that they're both human is also the ending that the video game uses spoilers if you haven't played the game you find like two human skeletons left over later on and it's childs and uh, mccready but the main theory that is my personal favorite and is i think the best aspect of the movie is that there is no answer they could both be human they could both be alien childs could be the thing mccready could be the thing it doesn't matter i think the way the carpenter made it open-ended like that is for us to decide what we want to believe and the fact that we are still talking about that years years later means that it was the right choice for an ending everybody can pick it apart can analyze it can watch it over and over again to decide what the ending means to them so i don't think that Carpenter has an answer. I think that the way they went into it was meant to be open-ended, and to me, that's that, that was the best possible way to end the movie, is full of questions, and it captures the whole paranoia that the movie had from start to finish, and it's one of the reasons why I love this movie. It's a great, solid ending. I just cannot believe any of this voodoo bullshit. Next up, Jenny and Liam from minutes 21 through 25. Hello, I am Jenny Law, and I think that Childs goes out into the great, wide, white wonder because the thing is pretending to – well, the thing is using Wilford Brimley's naked body, and Wilford Brimley is nude next to the shed and pretending to be hurt. And so Childs runs toward him Can't help in a humane moment. No one for like humane sake. Oh, I thought you meant he, he was going to uh, enjoy him sexually. That is disgusting, and not what Childs is into. 
Uh, my name is Liam Grove, and I think that Windows's blood-soaked headband is somewhere in the ice and debris and is slowly turning into a version of the thing that is uh, based on headband uh, technology and is going to evolve into headband-based life form. Is there headband technology? Yeah, it's gotten a lot better over the years. Maybe you haven't been in a headband shop lately, but... It really it's beyond is, anything that you can Im imagine and understand. No, it's really just you stick it on your head. That's the technology. <laughs> but what it can do nowadays. It just you goes on your head. No. It's see, you don't even know. Okay. I I I think we need to talk about the actual finale of the movie instead of headband technology, which doesn't exist. Okay. I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna be the contrarian and say I actually don't care who is the thing at the end of this movie. How could you not care who's the thing at the end of this movie? Because the movie is, the ending is designed to not solve that problem for you. And I think it is perfect the way it is. And I don't want to resolve it. Coming up with a fan theory is like you being the studio and tacking on another ending to the movie. I like the ending the way it is. I don't think it's being the studio. I think it's just following trails of logic to their end to to create closure for yourself. But the, I, but that's the thing is why I like the end of this movie is it has no closure. I, I like the fact that we we're carrying the, this mystery out with us, and the mystery is not going to get solved. See, I don't think there's a mystery. I don't know. If McCready are, ch are childs, I don't know if both of them are the thing. I don't know if neither of them are the thing or if one is the thing and one is not. But the, there's no mystery because even if McCready is the thing and or if Childs is the, is the thing, McCready is going to blow them all to shit as soon as he figures it out. So that's how it ends. Like, that's how the movie ends off screen. It's just all aflame. <laughs> I just like the – if this was a play and you were watching it in the theater, that it w the play ends with these two characters staring at each other and the lights slowly go down and we back away from the stage very slowly and we leave them there. And I don't want any more information. Um, I You know, coming up with a theory about – this is what happens because of this or this detail I saw back in this part of the movie means that the ending means this undoes that sense of mystery to me. And this, and the mystery is maybe not, not maybe mystery is not the right word, but the sense of ambiguity and the um, just the heaviness of these two guys in this situation. Um, I like leaving them there. I think I, you know, the reason I'm a big movie nerd is is I have a strong emotional tether to to movies, especially horror movies, um, and especially you know a a ten little Indians story like this. Which, by the way, do not Wikipedia that where that phrase came from. Liam, <laughs> no. Do not do any research about where the phrase ten little Indians came from, or you will come away as disgusted as I was. Um, but Agatha just Christie is dead. <laughs> she made decisions that she understood at the time that she was alive that were wrong. But 
Anyway. But when you get down to the last few characters in a story like this, like this or Alien, where you have a large cast that gets whittled down and you end up with two or three people at the very end, you know, you have a very strong emotional connection to those people. And I like the fact that we just back away from them slowly and leave them where they are in this little vignette with the fires slowly dying around them. Um, I don't need any more information than that. I'm completely satisfied with an unsatisfying ending. So That's great. I maintain that it is satisfying because as soon as we clip to blank and we see the credits roll, McCready's already blown both of them up. <laughs> with with the... Uh, with the, the bottle of alcohol, the J&B. Okay. Yeah. Do you that's think... That's it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Harper. Thank you for having us. We love talking about it. Yep. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Oh, my God. Next, we have Alan from Minutes 36 through 40. Hey, everyone. Alan Sanders here. I was proud to have Minutes 36 through 40 in The Thing Minute. Okay, Harper, let me try to put into words what I think happens at the very end of John Carpenter's The Thing. Before I get there, though, thank you so much for allowing me to be part of your project here, The Thing Minute. It's been fantastic to not only watch the movie one minute at a time, but to really break it down and to hear so many different perspectives and points of view throughout the course of this podcast. I don't know what you've got coming up next, but hey, keep me in mind. With that said... I've always been a fan of the ending once I got out of my kid-slash-teenage years. Because, let's face it, as a kid, I always wanted the hero to survive. I mean, who didn't? I mean, this is the time where I was growing up with things like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. So, for me, I wanted to see Kurt Russell's character live. I mean, McCready had been the only guy who seemed to have a sense of what was happening, had that streetwise knowledge of this is not cool, and this is not something to analyze, this is not something to freeze and bring back and to research. This is something to destroy. And he goes about doing a pretty darn good job of thwarting the thing's plans. But of course, as I'm older, and I realize this not too long after my teenage years, The best way to prevent the thing from ever reaching civilization is no one can survive. So once I mentally got past that in my late teens, early 20s, looking back, I still believe Kurt Russell is 100% human. And I sense that because he's tired, he's weak, he's been through the ringer, and it shows. He doesn't have some kind of superhuman strength. He doesn't have some kind of uh, inhuman uh, energy or reserves underneath everything. He seems to be basically at the very end of his gas tank. Whereas Childs, well, from my perspective, he seems ready to go for rounds 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And if this is a 12-round super knockout boxing weight heavyweight championship for the world, he seems in a much better shape versus McCready. Now, there's one thing that leads me to believe that Childs is, in fact, infected, or at least on his way to being the thing, if not already 100% taken over. Let's face it, even McCready says, where were you, Childs? And he doesn't have the best of excuses. In fact, during the entire third act, he seems noticeably absent. But there is something to the fan theory, and I very much enjoy the idea that if you look very closely for that little white speck in someone's eye, it seems like that's the little Easter egg left for us by John Carpenter, the director, of course, and Dean Cundy, the director of photography. If you go back and watch the entire film, especially if you bought it on Blu-ray recently, you'll be able to note when you see the dead 
almost blackened eyes with no light reflection, invariably they are or at some point become the thing. And if you look in this very last moment, and I've watched these scenes frame by frame, it's kind of what you have to do when you watch a movie a minute at a time, it seems quite clear Childs is in fact infected and maybe just ready for McCready to pass out to take him over and maybe go into deep hibernation. Now, yes, there are two moments where you can see a hint of a reflection in the whites of Child's eyes when he looks back over his shoulder and says, the fire has the temperature up all over the camp. But generally speaking, if you watch the close-ups, his eyes reflect no constant spark, whereas when it cuts over to McCready, there's always two specks of light, one in each eyeball. With that said, I'm going with Childs is infected, McCready is not, and maybe McCready has one last surprise in store. It would help explain why McCready chuckles to himself after he hands over the bottle of scotch for Childs to drink, who gladly takes a swig. Whether there's something in it other than scotch, I don't know. I, I could make all the fan guesses in the world, but to me, it doesn't matter. It's a perfect ending for a movie about paranoia, about not knowing what's coming next, about who's who, or do we even really know who we are in our deepest, darkest moments. Harper, I want to say once again, thank you so much for including me as part of the voices of this Thing Minute project. I wish you all the best of luck and the best of success with this and hope that you'll go on to do another one once you get a chance to catch your breath and decide what film might be worth the next amount of effort to dive into. For my small part in the thingminute.com, this is Alan Sanders signing off. Get me out of here. Cut me loose. Cut me the hell. Come on, get me out of here. Come on, get me out of here. Cut me loose, damn it. Next is Ryan, who's on minutes 41 through 45. Hey, Harper, it's Ryan Help from RyanHelp.com and Science Sort of Podcast calling in to let you know my thoughts about the end of the thing. First and foremost, who is the thing? Is anyone the thing? I think Childs is the thing. I don't think McCready's the thing. And why do I think that? <laughs> uh, I subscribe to the Molotov cocktail theory. So I like that when uh, they're passing the bottle back and forth, you never see McCready drink from it. Uh, I don't know about the gleam in the eye theory. It doesn't hold a lot of weight with me, you know, lighting on movie sets being what it is. The cold breath theory, I think there's something there, but it doesn't quite give me as much meat on the bone as the Molotov cocktail theory. And um, I have heard that Keith David, uh, the actor playing Childs, argues the prequel theory that the thing can't recreate organic objects like child's earrings. But I feel like when I heard Keith David say it, he was talking about child's watch. So I guess you can see child's watch at some point and that he argues means that he is not the thing. Uh, I disagree, but I also think it's really cool that Kurt Russell and Keith David seem to be at odds about this. And so I think that makes a more fun thing to talk about than having the answer either way. So I really like the ambiguity of the ending. I don't really wish I knew more. I think one of the strengths of this movie was keeping it so small. You know, I think modern movies would have a mid credit sequence where you see that there are other ships out there waiting to be discovered, but I don't think you needed that. I think um, it was about the paranoia and survival of these characters, and we've reached the end of that story, and I'm okay with a movie being just a complete story told straight through. So... I think that's about it. And um, yeah, just to reiterate, Childs is the thing. McCready is not the thing. But I do also think that 
McCready probably dies pretty quickly after the movie ends and that child, even if he can't escape, if he truly is the thing, he'll just get frozen. And when they do rescue him, he'll just come back to life and continue his rampage. So even if he's the thing, I don't know what he's worried about because we know that he can freeze for a long time and be fine. So those are my thoughts. Thanks again for having me on the show. I really appreciated it. And I really had a lot of fun talking about the movie. My wife and I have been quoting McCready's, uh, well, it's different than a C. It's from outer space whenever something odd or strange happens around our apartment. So thanks for reminding us of that great line. And finally, I'd just like to invite anyone out there listening to check out my podcast, Science Sort Of. You can find it at sciencesortof.com. And it's scientists talking about science in their own words. We have a lot of fun with it. And we have a beer. So, you know, we're not taking it too seriously. Thanks again, Harper. And congratulations on finishing the end of the thing minute because it's different than us see because it's from outer space what do you want from me ask him next up are josh and brett who are on minutes 66 through 70 so the thing so we were on a couple of months back yes yeah you are josh horowitz i am josh horowitz and that must make you brett stillo yes yes we're five minutes of both trouble and bonsai Yes, yes, and it's 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 funny that we should be asked to talk about the end of the thing mm. because Josh and I are actually in the Arctic <laughs> at our at the compound where we, you know, do our podcast and you know there was an explosion earlier tonight. We're outside and um you got any more beef jerky? Yeah, well, it is a little cold. Yeah. We were going to stop at the In-N-Out, but uh, just yeah, they were closed. Yeah. It was unbelievable, so cold. Yeah, you know, you just about every in and out's great, but the one up here at the North Pole it sucks. But uh, yeah, uh, talking about the ending then of, of The Thing, that's that part where we see Childs and McCready and kind of uh, sharing a, a bottle together and wondering if either of them are The Thing or not. Uh, I don't know. What, what's your thought, Brett? Do you think that uh, either of them are, uh, have been assimilated? You know, that's an interesting question. Paradoxically, you feel like, yeah, one of them has to be assimilated but i don't think either of them are and why not just a gut feeling is i don't know it it's uh i guess if if i was writing the ending i'd have kevin spacey show up as kaiser (laughs) soze and say you know yeah i was the one who brought the alien here and what are you guys drinking uh (laughs) the fact that they are you know eyeballing each other and they're these two strong performances these two actors i kind of feel like Nah, it's just it's just too easy to have one of them, you know, to have tentacles just shoot out of the cheeks of one of them. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess I would resort to the classic uh, Agatha Christie story, Ten Little Indians, mm. where somebody who you thought was kaput suddenly shows up and goes, aha. Mm. Um, or maybe, you know, you maybe you have that first sled dog appear again and say, oh. hey, remember me? Uh, but yeah, I, I would end it. You know, or would, I would have an epilogue where uh, one of the other guys who you thought was toast ain't so toasty. Hmm. No, maybe I. I when I watched this, I always thought that yeah, they were both. You know, they were human, and then that was kind of it. And you know, if if there really was any animosity there, they're kind of breaking the ice together by actually sharing a bottle because they were kind of at each other's throats through most of the movie. Yeah. But I, I did see there was a weird fan theory out there, though, that was saying that if you notice that there's a little moment where Childs actually takes a swig, and at that moment you hear the dun-dun, the actual music. And in this film, that music kind of has indicated that something is not quite right. Yeah. So I wonder if that's Carpenter's little 
little wink that, well, you know, maybe maybe Childs is the alien. I mean, he said he was going out, you know, looking for Blair and, you know, might be a little suspicious. Uh, it, it would be fun to think that. But yeah. nah, I do think that they're both they're both human. They're exhausted and they're about to be ice cubes. They're tired. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this reminds me a little of the ending of Carpenter's. Oh, they live, you mean? Um, oh, God. I mean, no, I was actually thinking of. Uh, but that's interesting. You should bring up They Live. I think Carpenter has maybe reoccurring themes here. Um, assault, the original Assault on Precinct 13. Hmm. The battle is over and uh, you have the two guys kind of sharing a moment. And, you know, the sirens are coming and, and one of the two guys is going to go back to prison. Hmm. And, you know, there, there are certain parallels, certain interests, you know, that's interesting. You sort of know what's going to happen next, but then again, you don't. Hmm. And uh, I I like this ambiguous ending. It's a very John Carpenter-esque ending. It, it certainly is. It certainly is. The end with a question mark? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I'd imagine, you know, for 80s audiences, this must have been infuriating or frustrating. But, you know, I think the ambiguous ending or the open-ended ending is a lot more common today. Um, For some reason, I think of the ending of The Wrestler, if you ever saw that one, Mm. where, you know, basically the character's fate is unknown. (laughs) But, you know, it leaves you to your own imagination. Well, a fitting ending for... A very interesting and disturbing film. Yeah, completely, completely. And uh, it's sort of whether you want a sequel or not, that's up to you. <laughs> and Clark was human, huh? Which makes you a murderer, don't it? Next is Travis from minutes 71 through 75. Hey, Harper, this is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast and Watchmen Minute. Just wanted to say congrats on an excellent show and a job well done. Can't wait to hear what you do next. So as far as my final thoughts on The Thing and the ending, um, I love the ending of the movie. Um, I've always interpreted the the two survivors, Childs and McCready, to be human. You know, in this movie, a lot of the time, the humans are more of a threat to each other than the actual thing. You know, the the thing was just a wedge to drive the men apart and kind of let them tear each other uh, to pieces in in a way. Certainly, the thing pops up now and then to wreak havoc and and take a few people out, but for the most part, it's the the suspicion and paranoia that really tear this group apart, essentially. Um, so to me, the uh, the movie ending with the two men who I believe have hated each other uh, long before the thing rolled into town. Um, these two men both suspect each other is the thing. But to me, the uh, ending this way with it being man versus man is, is sort of a perfect way to wrap up a movie that has been man versus man for a lot of the movie. Um, all that being said, um, I'm now aware of the Molotov theory and cold breath theory, and those are really, really cool ideas. Um, I definitely can see how those would hold water. Um, the Molotov one being, you know, I guess we're not really sure what McCready filled the bottles with. So it, it is vague as far as what Childs drinks, but. Uh, McCready does certainly kind of take a laugh when he passes the bottle to Childs and he takes a drink. So that could definitely 
uh, uh, be the giveaway. But uh, as far as the ending goes, yeah, I really like it the way it's presented. And I like to think of it as these two men have basically destroyed each other in a way. And I, I like the bleakness of that for this movie uh, based on on how this group, you know, has reacted the entire time. So, yeah, I would think at the time, you know, the ambiguity probably contributed to the box office failure. But we get to celebrate it now. So um, I think the movie has held up incredibly well. And and now we have the thing minute to always revisit and help give us more understanding for the movie and a, a greater appreciation so thank you harper for for all your work and for letting me come on uh, earlier in the movie so uh yeah again congratulations and we'll talk to you soon child what if we wrong about him why then we're wrong and last but not least is rob from minutes 81 through 85 Hi, this is Rob Kelly from Superman Movie Minutes, and I'm just here to share my thoughts about the ending uh, to The Thing. In terms of uh, the ending that we see in the film uh, with uh, Childs and McCready just sort of uh, getting ready to freeze to death, uh, I actually think it's a perfect ending. I think it's the ending that the film deserves. I know on the commentary track, John Carpenter talked about that they had shot that alternate ending where McCready gets rescued and he's... Uh, they sample his blood and they find out that he's human. And I'm glad they didn't use that because it, it really would have violated the claustrophobic nature of the movie, which is something he even says in the, on the commentary track. So I think it's a, a perfect ending uh, just to have the two characters that were probably most at odds with one another uh, having to sort of trust each other. I just think it's it's perfect. Yeah, it's downbeat, but the, the movie is kind of downbeat. So I think... Uh, I, I can't imagine the movie ending uh, ending any other way. And maybe if they had given it that quote-unquote happy ending, I still think the thing would be a masterpiece, uh, but it would be like a flawed masterpiece, which is which is fine. But I think uh, the the film as it stands is is perfect um, as as is. I think it's just uh, it works perfectly. Now the other angle I just wanted to briefly talk about is what do I think happens at the end of the thing? Well. I believe that both uh, McCready and Childs uh, eventually just freeze to death. I don't believe that Childs is the thing. I don't believe that McCready is the thing. I think that they both just probably look at each other wearily or warily, I guess, uh, for the next several hours. And then they slowly freeze to death. Uh, kind of a downer. But I think the upshot is I do believe that McCready actually did kill the thing. Um, I don't think that Carpenter's film is downbeat for the sake of being downbeat. I think Carpenter's film is downbeat in that it's presenting an impossible situation, men faced with an impossible situation, and there's no, you know, no magic cure that is going to come and save them. But I do think that McCready is successful. I believe that in that final explosion, he probably kills the thing, and the only threat left is just the cold. And so that's why I think... Um, the film ends probably a couple hours later. If anyone ever finds McCready and Childs, they're both dead, frozen to death. McCready with probably a, a bottle of liquor in his hand. But uh, so that's what I think happens at the thing. I think it's a self-contained story, and so uh, I just think it's it's wonderful, and uh, I'm really happy that Carpenter uh, gave us that ending. 
And I just want to add, Harper, thank you so much for doing Thing Minute. I think you did a great job breaking down the movie on a cellular level. And it was just always a delight to hear. And so I really appreciate you giving me a chance to come on the show for the week. And, of course, coming back on to talk about the ending. The Thing Minute is just one of the the best movies by Minute Show uh, out there. So uh, I'm going to get going. I'm going to put on some Stevie Wonder. And, uh, oh, hey, there's a there's a. There's a dog in the in, in, in the door over there. Hi, doggy. Hi. I don't see how. As soon as I'm finished, I return it right away. Once again, a huge thanks to all the guests that have been on the show, Star Wars Minute and Movies by Minute's Facebook group. Without all of these people, everybody who's guested on, everybody who I've spoken to about the podcast, your support and help and guesting on the show and all that has meant the world to me, and I literally could not have done it without you. So once again, thank you so much. Keep an eye on this feed for some future special episodes. I have a couple of ideas, so I might be uh, throwing some stuff out here and there as we go. And for some other announcements, I have some ideas for some other Movies by Minutes podcasts rolling around in my head. So after I take a break for a little while, I may be back with something new. In the meantime, thanks for listening. And if you're still human by Monday... Sorry about that. Anyways, maybe we'll just wait here for a while. See what happens.